Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and tonight we're going to be presenting Discussing Comics. And as you heard a couple of episodes, or probably more than a couple of episodes ago, we've branched out and are doing things on YouTube with comic books. So tonight we're going to bring it back to audio only and do some debating because I've got a question about comic books and how to consume, not literally eat comic books, but you know, <laughs> con, uh, consume comic books. So the uh, first, let me say the person you just heard laugh at me was my co-host, the impossible co-host himself, Clarence Brown. Hey, Clarence. Well, Mr. Jones, I was laughing with you, man. Ah, not okay. You. Well, well, hey, <laughs> semantics or semantics or whatever the word is. But uh, yeah. Um, so we've been watching San Diego Comic-Con this uh, weekend. Any overall excitement? And I know we've put some things on YouTube, but what are you most excited about? Oh, man, it's been so much stuff. And, um, you know, one of the things that I really like that is not specifically comic book related is the um, they showed a lot of Star Trek stuff um, for the upcoming digital only series for Star Trek Discovery that will be on CBS All Access. So they showed a lot of that, a lot of, uh, of clips of that that we hadn't seen before, a little bit more about the story. So that's, you know, being a, a Star Trek fan, that is one of the things that really got me excited. But when you move away from the Star Trek and the Walking Deads of the world on into uh, sort of the Marvel DC stuff, I've, I was really impressed by the Justice League trailer that we saw. Yep, I was too. And I want to go back. You know, I don't want to reveal any spoilers, but I want to mention something that uh, about the Star Trek. Interesting twist if they're, and how they're going to pull off explaining what that interesting twist might be. Wow, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, then, now you, uh, all right, well, then I'm not going to... No, uh, tell, tell me. I, w- I want to hear uh, uh, Star Trek spoilers, because I right, might so, know what you're talking about, but your hints didn't lead me toward down that road, so what, right, what well, are you talking about? Well, well let me say this. Um, some families grew. How about that? Does that, some, does that some, answer any questions? Some families grew. I still don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, all right. Well, spoiler warning uh, for anyone who is listening and is a Star Trek fan. Uh, just be warned, forthcoming, henceforth, spoilers. 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 But it looks like Spock had a sister oh was that in the trailer i don't know if it was in the trailer but yeah, I think that it was wasn't something in the trailer. that was revealed maybe in their panel or something but uh, that's that, interesting that, um, yeah that, that definitely the wasn't in the trailer <laughs> yeah that that can't, well you hey uh, you did say go ahead and spoil so no no it's, it's fine it's fine i mean you know i mean how, how much you spoil spock and so i mean you know it's, it's fine but i mean I, one of the things i like uh, i think these klingons that we see in this trailer are an offshoot of the original klingons some type of way they're a, se- a different sect of klingons so they look very very different and i think the whole premise of this show is going to be to see this uh cadet come from the very low levels uh, of starfleet in rise through the ranks so I, I think that's kind of the thing they're going for for each season it's going to be one of the first views of star Trek that we've seen to where you can see somebody start at the bottom and literally like move through the ranks and move to the top to captain or admiral or wherever uh wherever it goes all right so let me ask you a question if you don't mind i know you're a big star trek fan so explain to me where this particular story fits in the timeline <sighs> Oh, or, or, do, or do you know that? Or do you <laughs> well, know I, that? I, I think it takes place somewhere sometime after Enterprise and before the TOS. Okay. So it's, it's in there somewhere. I think it's closer to TOS, the original Star Trek. But, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a prequel. So if I think, and, and, and I'm probably going to be wrong here, but wasn't uh, Enterprise, say, 70 years before? 
Yeah, I don't know if it was seventy years. I know it was before. Okay. Uh, you might you might be right on it. I just don't know off the top of my head. All right. So 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 let's just let's just say that I was right. So if I was right, this one may be five years before, ten years before, or something, or maybe yeah. it might be five months before. It's just before. Yeah, and I'm wondering will we have the opportunity, sort of like we're seeing now in Doctor Who, of we're revisiting some of these characters that will play by different actors and. and uh, I'm wondering if we're going to get some of that same thing in Discovery. Maybe uh, every now and then we might see hints of these other characters who uh, some might be long gone. I mean, you said Spark, Spock's sister. So will we see you know somebody pulling off a Spock uh, impersonation or, or something to that effect? So I, I think it could be really cool. I'm not really – I'm not really um, – that adamant on it being those type of, of uh, things sprinkled through it. I think the story alone from what they've explained is going to be pretty interesting. So for that, I, I'm just excited about it. And being an all digital thing, you know, uh, I'm hoping that it will be worthy of the Star Trek name. Got so. you. Well, here's something that I've noticed. And, and tell me if you've noticed this with this year's Comic-Con composed arc, uh, compared not composed but compared to previous i can remember when there was a trailer released at especially at this the biggest of comic cons uh san diego you would have people in the audience and they would film whatever that spoiler uh it was i remember back when uh david tennant's uh, end of time when the master was returning at the you know in t- uh 20 uh you know 2009 where um you were you know waiting to see how that was and you had somebody sitting in the audience recording whatever it was that, that they showed at uh the the clip well instead now jump up seven years later into 2017 and we get to see posted to youtube the exact same trailer or snippet that they showed to those that were on site so have you noticed that that's a trend now or, or did you or is that something that you even you know well, yeah, I mean, it seems like early on they were kind of reluctant to show those trailers that were Comic-Con exclusives or whatever. But I think, like you just mentioned, I think it's gotten to the point to where they were getting leaked anyway, so we might as well just show it. But there are exceptions to that. I think at the D23, the Disney thing they had a couple of weeks ago, it might have been last week, they like uh, they showed some footage of the next um what is it infinity war the next marvel thing right yes yeah they showed some footage of that but you know they had the lockdowns on that where you couldn't actually stream it or film it and they didn't release a trailer so there are definitely exceptions to where they don't show it but it more than not they'll release the trailer the same day next hour um uh on par with whatever they show at the comic conventions and do you think that may be just a little bit also of social media maturing and it being more of a part of our society, whereas in you know, 2009, Twitter was new. It was only about a couple of years old. Same with Facebook. You know, YouTube really wasn't what it was today or is today. So is that part of just the progression of how content is consumed? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think now is more to a point where these companies want to own their own story. They want to own the news. I mean, even think of thinking of Apple, you know, uh, they now stream most of their most, if not all of their press conferences themselves. So it's, it's come to a point to where you want to have control of your content, complete control. You know, I would rather if I was Marvel, I would rather those views come to my YouTube page or my website rather than going to uh, uh, John Doe over here who <laughs> had his iPhone up filming crappy quality right. and, that, and that controlling the news cycle. So you can control, control the news cycle. You release it, you know, have all the appropriate links in there and it's your content. You uh, control it instead of having it out there in the ether. Well, well, let me say this before we move on to comics. And I know we're not discussing Doctor Who right now, but that was a oh, that was a good uh, trailer. Oh, yes, that was man. A good trailer. Yeah, yeah, and wow. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, let me just say this: there were rumors weeks ago about 
a companion making a return. Uh, and spoiler, a companion does make a return. I'm not going to say who, but it's not the one I thought that would be making the return because it seems like from what I heard, it was supposed to be a different companion. Yeah, so, but, but but see, I, I, I say too, you'll see that companion too. But but don't get me wrong. Basically, they're both the same. They have the same arc. They like went off in this face to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I still say we we we've not we've not seen the last uh, of that person either. So um, you know, I still yeah. think you, I, I, I still think you've got you know it is not impossible. I'll put it that way for that person to uh, also make an appearance. Yeah, and, and speaking of who, yeah, those guys are at the at the San Diego Comic Con as well. I saw a lot of great pictures of the cast uh, down there, look like they're having fun. So, yeah, and I saw a clip of about thirty seconds of right at the end of their um, panel that they did, and Peter Capaldi got a standing ovation as well as from everybody that was on stage with him and got a little choked up. That was not cool to see somebody getting choked up, but good to see that people appreciated you know, his time as the doctor. As they should, sir, as they should. Very well said. Very well said. So let's move into the reason that we're having an episode tonight or, uh, you know, we're having a conversation tonight, which is something that I think any um, consumer of comic books has debated more often maybe than not. But at least I would say, you know, if you have internet access, which most people do this this day and age, but it's I think it's a question that some people have either gone one way or the other with and or, you know, said, you know, it doesn't matter to me. So here's my question. Digital comics versus paper comics, <laughs> dun, which dun, is dun. better and which is is one better? And wh- how do you determine which one's the right one for you? So let me ask you this. You're more of a tech guy than I am. What if you had to choose right now? I'm going to start purchasing comics and I'm going to do them A or B. A being print, B being digital. Which one would you choose and why? Uh, well, uh, first, I think I would go digital. And the reason I would say that is that we're in a time to where less is more or we're in a society where it seems like now we don't want to have things sitting around a house or just have, I ain't going to say junk, but stuff piling up in your home. So from, from that aspect, I think that the time is right to go digital and, and that's the route I go. But it, but I, I'll explain that a little bit more later. Uh, what makes it good or bad? <laughs> but uh, just just take the analogy over to music. Me and my brother were having a conversation about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, one I, I don't own many CDs or DVDs now. Uh, I have some of the classics I had back from the nineties. <laughs> I have a few that I still have around. I don't even use. They're just like sitting in my car. And the only few DVDs I have, I think I have Spider-Man 1 and 2, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. But as far as just entertainment media that I have, uh, is very, very few and far between. And one of the things that makes those a good experience to me is like how you consume it, the player. And just from my brief uh departure into digital comics i feel like that's one of the key things that's holding it back because uh with marvel.com you have this 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 uh web-based viewer to view the comics and it tries to step you through the comic book and it does a fairly good job it does an okay job i would say i mean i'm on an i7 desktop machine and i still it still feels kind of laggy and slow to me because it's kind of trying to stream the pages to you so that would be the first thing i think that is the knock against digital is that the actual player or page or web page or app or whatever you're using to actually view the comic makes a huge difference makes a huge difference so i mean that being said before i talk too much (laughs) I think that digital is the way to go, but that comes with a bunch of caveats, mainly being what app or what device you consume it on. 
Okay, so let me ask you this. There were three types of views you could choose. You could choose just a page view, a single page view, a double page view, and a uh, kind of walk you through it kind of view. I'm not sure the exact view name, but it was basically panel by panel view. Do you remember off the top of your head which view you chose? Yeah, I think I was on the uh, page view. I've okay. tried the, I think the panel by panel view is pretty good, but it's still I still don't think it's perfect. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and I think we kind of talked about this before, but how do you display something that A, is going to be different on every issue uh, has and B has the that being said has the artistic the artist has the the um the the privilege or, or the uh, the the artistic expression to actually put the page in any into any format they deem necessary <laughs> which is another huge thing if you're watching if you're trying to view it digital and 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 so how how do you meld that into something that's that's cohesive easy for yeah, yeah cohesive e- easy for the reader and is not jarring from comic book to comic book how do you make that in something that's a pleasant viewing slash reading experience i don't know all right so so here's my answer to that or my question or my comment to that not necessarily an answer uh i wanted to see what it was also like looking at it on the ipad but i've downloaded a you know i the beta version of ios 11 and sporadically downloading stuff off of uh, the app store kind of spazzes out and just stalls out sometimes. Well, this afternoon was one of those spazzy stall moments. So I wasn't able to download the app take to, you know, to take a look at it. But looking at it from the... Does Marvel have a standalone Yeah, they, they have a standalone app. Okay, so, that makes sense. So, so I tried to do that, and I've, and I've read before on... Uh, both DC as as well as Marvel, some of their f- free versions. Probably, I think on the first iPad, I've you know read them. I think it has a better experience, and maybe it's it totally, literally in your head that you're holding something, and you're you know you've got the quote unquote book in your hand, and maybe that's a subconscious thing. But 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 I seem to remember that I liked it better on the iPad than I did trying to look at it on the computer proper. I did, so so I'll give it that. Um, well, well, I also think when you bring up the iPad, I think of um, we were playing with the newest iPad, the rose gold iPad. Yeah, the, the sunburned <laughs> uh, silver. Yeah, <laughs> and the uh, the pencil that we're using actually draw. So in in to notice the amount of latency that you have or the lack of latency that makes it feel like you're writing on a real piece of paper. Right. You know, so I would, I'm very interested to see your, um, experience. Opinion yeah. Of, of the comic book on that same device, knowing that the latency is so low and it has high refresh rate. I'm wondering how the turning and actual feel, feel of reading the comic book on the latest iPad is going to be for you. You said we'll have to follow back, up with another episode later and uh, discuss that because me too I'm kind of curious to see you know how that flows so so let me move us into another part of uh, of the conversation and it you know my question for this episode is literally a question that I'm asking myself right now so this episode serves two purposes to to answer it for myself to some degree as well as uh, creating an episode for us and it goes back to something you said, Clarence, a little bit earlier, which is we are in an age where space per se is more limited and we're not into collecting. And even though I can be a pack rat at times, I'm not to the degree of I want to keep every single comic book that I purchase because I don't go back and read them um, like I used to because there's so much uh, available online. I read them and then I'm done with them. And for instance, you remember we gave some of them away to um, a group at um, the latest Mississippi Comic Con. So yes, yes, I've got a stack of comics that I have no need for, no want for, and they're taking up space. And that falls into do uh, do you go digital or do you go um, 
remain with paper. So let me pose a couple of things to you. Sure. If I go in as a subscriber to a local comic shop and I have come in and said to the comic owner, hey, I want to subscribe from you. I commit to coming in. You know, maybe some people don't come in every week, but, you know, they say, I'm going to come in once a month. I'm going to come in every other week. I'm going to come in weekly on Wednesdays and pick up my comics. Most comic shop owners will say, okay, great. Here's your information. What do you want? I'm going to give you X amount off. Generally, X amount off is 10%. So that $4.99 comic plus tax gets a 10%, which is basically 50 cents off of it. Mm -hmm. So if I get, without tax included, if I get 10 comics at $5 a pop, then I get $5 off of that. Yeah. So... You know, I know not all of them are five dollars. You know, if it's a three ninety nine, if it's a two ninety nine, you get you know thirty cents off. You get uh, twenty, you know, forty cents off or whatever. You don't get that with. Uh, and it, and if I'm wrong, anyone please you know uh, respond in the comments and let us know. But uh, you don't get that same discount getting the digital version. So if I were to present that to you, you don't get that 10% discount. Does that change your opinion of what you said digital earlier? Uh, Well, it just depends on what you think better is. Uh, Most people will pay more for better. (laughs) Again, depending on what you you consider is better to you. I mean, I remember when CDs first started becoming digital and you can go get the MP3s. We were at this, and we still are for the most part, we have this thing where since it's digital, we want to pay less. I mean, even with video games, you know, uh, video game distribution, you're not having to package a CD and send it to me. Why is it the same price as if it were in the store and you're paying for shelf space, uh, distribution, and all these other things? How come digital is not at a lower price? So that's one of the things I think as in all medium, not only just comic books, all digital medium has that hurdle to get over to where, you know, we're going to be digital, but we're not going to charge the same price. And and of course, there are things that have to pay for that have to pay for server space, uh, bandwidth, all the other type things. So it, it, it does maybe equal out. But I think we have it in our minds that if it's digital, it should be cheaper. And and, and that's one of the arguments. And it's interesting that you just answered the question that I was going to pose next was, and the way I was going to pose it was, one of the arguments is that in a store, you're paying for shipping. You're paying for the store to carry the book to some degree. You're, you know, you're, you're paying all for paper. You're paying for blah, blah, blah. So why shouldn't it be uh, cheaper but you just answered that with you've got rack space, you've got server maintenance, you've got actual servers to buy, you've got you know someone to maintain those that that you may have to pay to do that, and et cetera, and so forth. So that's something that most people don't even consider. I had never considered that before. Yeah, but 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 even that being said, it, I still think over time they should be cheaper. Even even with all that being said, because. Um, once you build out that infrastructure to have Marvel.com, you know, it, it, selling you're, you're not going to make any more or less number um, amount of money for those bits going across the wire to get to that person. You know, once you have this huge hard drive space or server out in the cloud, you know, I, I think once you get that and the cost are already established and you've paid for that hardware. You know, of course, you're going to buy newer and upgrade and all the other type of stuff. But once that hardware is out there, you know, and, and, and Marvel's a big company. So this it may be a drop in the bucket for them to get these servers up and all this other type thing. But it is a cost associated with it. Is it a one-to-one cost? Probably not. We we'll, may never know if it's less or more to distribute physically or digitally. But there is people have to be aware there is a cost associated on both sides. You know, and you also have to factor in, if you're looking at the going digital comics route, you don't have one provider, to my knowledge, that 
is an all-encompassing provider. For instance, uh, there is a service that is an Amazon company now called Comixology, and they are primarily or wholly a content distribution for you can go subscribe to Marvel DC, but and they may well be. I haven't looked, and that's my fault for not. But our friends at Titan Comics, they may not be on, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, that's true. But then they may be, you know. Uh, so you have, you know, the choice of do I want to uh, go to a Marvel app? Do I want to go to a DC app? Do I want to go to a Titans app? Do I want to go to an Image yeah. app? Yeah, everything's siloed. Yeah, right. Which is or do do you go to um, one comic know, shop? <laughs> one comic shop. So, um, but 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 let me t- another argument against you know, having it cheaper digital in, in all honesty, this is probably the biggest argument. Same thing happens with games. Um, and you may have noticed something similar with the Amazon book thing that was going, it was, I think it was Amazon versus Apple book pricing. But anyway, uh, a lot of times you'll see the same digital game on Xbox game store for $60, just like it is in the store. Okay. And the biggest reason <laughs> For them not lowering their prices, if it was lower, nobody would go to the store. Correct. And you have these pre-established partnerships with all these uh, distributors, uh, companies like Walmart or whatever, GameStop, to where if you undercut them digital, they're just going to outright stop putting your game out there on those shelves. So, And that's another form of advertisement to have your game on the shelf, you know. So... And maybe they don't need Walmart. And maybe that's the conclusion we have to make. But when you translate that over to comic books, I think the comic shop is so much of an ingrained thing to the comic book fan. To if the comic book shop got undercut and people stop having the need to go to the comic book shops, I think a lot would be lost. So that was one of the uh, fears that people had when they first came out with the digital initiative, say, 2011, 2012, 2013. And there is a company that existed back, I'm trying to think, um, it was about the time that, uh, I think it was about 2003, 2004. So this is, you know, a good almost 15 years ago it was called cross gen comics and it was a mm-hmm. comic 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 book company located out of um somewhere in florida and they um basically had this entire realm of comic books that were not superhero comics and the connecting characters all had this sigil on their hand that gave them their powers and some one comic book was a detective uh, comic the uh, another comic comic book was sort of like thor type people another comic book was magic but they all had these mysterious sigils on their hands or somewhere on their bodies that gave them whatever these abilities were and there was this big mystery very Mm -hmm. interesting really enjoyed it and where i was going with this they had a comic you could log into their website and i don't even think you had to pay for it you could see their comic books and not only were they the comic book uh versions that you saw on marvel.com but you could actually set them to play they would play automatically and they actually had voices recorded reading along with you that was really 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 cool so you almost saw a digital comic come to life and you could sit there and listen to the story as it um you know as it progressed and i don't think every one of them had the voices but um that that comic ultimately, you know, that company went under and we never found out what the sigils meant, which I thought was a, you know, a waste. And I think um, Marvel at one point bought the cross-gen characters, but I don't think they ever, you know, did anything with them. Um, but, 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 but my point, go, go ahead. 
No, that's again, I mean, that's a really excellent point, and that may be where the comic book industry needs to go. Uh, if we still want to maintain these physical comics in the stores and relationships people have and affinity they have for the stores, maybe in our digital realm, we should do something different that kind of differentiates us from what is in the store. Maybe add narration, add background music, add an actual performance to the comic book. And maybe that can be something that can bring a, a different sort of life to it and will offer something different than just what is in the store. And it can also justify a bigger price, which True. is ultimately what they want. True. And and, and back to saying what the um, fear was or commenting on what the fear was at the time, you know, it was, well, this is going to take uh, comic books back, jumping back to 2011, 2012. You know, if Marvel or, or DC does the digital comics and offers a, a digital copy, that's going to undercut, you know, the comic shop. Well, instead of undercutting what what they did and said, instead was, and it's something that we've mentioned in a previous Discussing Who episode, which is offering a digital copy of the paper copy that you buy. So you yes. basically get a promo code that says enter this one-time co- promo code into the um, app, the Marvel app or whatever, and you've got a digital copy of it. That code can only be used once, and but you get a digital copy. So you almost get two versions for the price of one by buying paper. Yeah, that that just shows you how little the digital version cost them. Exactly. <laughs> Same price. Taken. We're going to give you a digital version. Yeah, like I said, there's cost, but it's it's not it's not the same amount of cost. But I mean, just on that point, you know, that's a good incentive. You buy the paper copy, you get the digital copy to go along with it. I think you said I, I know we talked about before they were giving a random version, a random comic each month for a little while, and right. they kind of went yeah, back they, against that. They, they, they being Marvel, um, and it was one of the complaints that I think we had in you know when we made uh, that you know that episode, which was you're now going to give us this random comic every month, whereas before you were giving us the exact comic that we bought. So aren't you ripping us off a little bit? And I think Marvel, after getting so much bad comic book press in the last six months to a year and whatever, has kind of said, okay, this is something that we can, you know, easily write. And now they've given you back that same copied, you know, code. Yeah. And and I think another thing, another issue with the digital versus uh, physical is that, you know, I remember when we first were talking about starting this podcast and I was all gung ho. I was like, man, yes, yeah, awesome. I'm going to go to Marvel dot com. I'm going to sign up for Marvel now. I think that's the name of it. And I was going to get all the comics I want, you know, as soon as they came out, just like, you know, a Netflix show or something on Netflix or or, or uh, HBO now. I get it as soon as it comes out because I'm subscribing to Marvel.com. And no, you're not. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Well, that goes back to the comic book shop versus the digital store. I mean, you don't want to undercut your comic book shops not only in price but in release date because if they can get it day one digital at the same price, that's going to automatically prevent a bunch of people from going to the comic book store. But for me, that would be perfect because, you know, I don't go to the stores now. So that's just that's catering more to the digital age that we're in and less about trying to undercut the, the comic book store. But it's a fine line to play. All right. So and, let me let, let me add a layer to that. So in, in effect, you kind of what you and I do with this podcast and some of the things that we do make us not your typical comic book reader. And what I mean by that is not that, you know, we're above the grain or, you know, do anything different, but in order to be able to talk timely about what we're talking about, we almost have to re our, okay, um, it would not make as much sense for us to view the Thor trailer or the Defenders trailer or, uh, you know, Justice League trailer and talk about it f- 10 months after the movie comes out. 
Yeah. You know, that yeah. just wouldn't – it would make more sense to talk about it within 48 hours or a week or whatever after everyone else in the world just saw it. So that being said, the digital unlimited package, while great, might not be the best for what we do because we would need to talk about Astonishing X-Men number one because that just happened last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I think the answer is not that we're not going to do day and date digital because it'll under, undercut the comic book shots. I, I don't think that's the right answer. I think the right answer is we'll charge a premium price for this digital subscription with day and date to not undercut the comic book shop. So it's always going to be about price or time. You know, <laughs> if you raise the price enough, everybody's not going to get it. And I think that will still allow the comic book shops to thrive because people are going to obviously go there because it's cheaper. So uh, I think there's other things you can do instead of being like outright, I'm not going to provide this to, to, um, to, to my readers. Okay. So anybody listening, um, if you haven't already figured out how I think, uh, you know, here, here, here's, here's one thing about me. And usually my thinking comes as a result, and maybe this is for everyone, it comes as a result of something that happened or something that you noticed. And a couple of weeks ago, I have been uh, busy at work and didn't get an opportunity on a Wednesday, believe it or not, to go to the comic book store. And by the time that I was actually able to go, I was 10 minutes away from when the comic book store was closing. So on that day, I was in town. I was in the same city within two miles of the comic book store, but, you know, not out of town, not sick, not whatever, but I did not make it to the store that day. And that's what put my brain into the whole realm as that evening I was having Wednesday comic book withdrawals. If I were digital, I would have gotten home and lo and behold, log in to whatever service or whatever you were using and there would have set digital copies of ABC one, two, three book. Yeah. 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 So, so, so let me ask uh, this before I move into really quickly into the comic that we looked at, which is one thing that is lost with the comic book store cut out of that is that experience of going in and buying comic books now you mentioned that buying the digital was was immediately a preference for you why was that um not going into a store not something that was factored in whereas with me it was something that was factored i mean i I just think it's your preference and what you're used to how you've been doing it for, for since day one uh and that is going to be how you want to consume it going forward for the most part, unless something like, you know, you mentioned you were at work. So time comes in a way so you can't make it there. So, I mean, I I think for most people and I think comics are unique in that way or comics and maybe tabletop things are, are unique in that way to where you go and you form a relationship with your with whoever you're buying it from. And that is half the experience that makes it special to you, you know, and maybe, maybe it used to be that way for music, you know, where you go to your boutique record shop to buy your favorite album, uh, that that's going to come out you know, it is funny because it's not like that anymore for those mediums for music. Um, so, and even for like, you know, your DVD rental stores, you st- well, not DVD VHS rental stores that you'd go to, you know, once a week and grab whatever's come out and, and I'm pretty sure those had relationships as well with the owners to where now it's just like those are all but forgotten. So I guess the real question is, do we really want to live in a world where there's not that relationship with your comic book shops? And and, and as far as I know, it's really hard for comic book shops these days. It's 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 not such the uh, thriving business as it used to be. And in a lot of comic book shops have dived 
into other things that, you know, their patrons like, like uh, tabletop things and stuff like that, figurines and and other quirks that bring them into the shop. Because, I mean, from my understanding, maybe you can explain or elaborate. It's not as popular as it used to be. Well, in some senses. Well, considering, you know, all right, so you go, let's, you know, let's look at Hattiesburg. And um, so I'm going to use, um, you know, if, we, if you're in, um, if you're listening, you probably know that uh, Clarence and I both are in Mississippi. Uh, Lee is in North Carolina. So I wish he was on to say, you know, what type of comic book shops were in his area up there. But, um, for us, uh, where we are, back uh, living in Hattiesburg, we had, when we left, two comic book shops. Um, one that was in uh, downtown, which was called Southern Fried Comics, and one that I, uh, that, you know, that was my comic shop, which was Bombshell Comics and stuff. And, you know, I, I've often talked with the owner, Justin, there, who says, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to keep that business going because a you do um, have subscribers that you rely upon. B you know if those subscribers drop books because they're bad, that affects his bottom line. And you know you're not only looking at uh, many of these people are doing this a because they like it, but they also have bills to pay. So, you know, when you're dropping out of a comic, which is your right to do if it's not good, that that impacts them. And I think the biggest thing, you know, that's a negative impact are those people who say, I want uh, all these comics and never come and get them. But but to add on to what I'm saying in Hattiesburg, the other one felt more like an art exhibit than a comic book shop. Is that the one that's in downtown? That's the if one in downtown. To, okay, yeah, yeah it, 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 was, it, it is nice in there. I've been there a few times. You know, but, so what was your experience there? Um, I mean, I thought it was fine. The, the guy over it was really nice. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was fine. It was, it was, it seemed like every time I went in there, there was nobody hardly in there, which yeah. I don't know if that was part of the problem. But, but yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was doing okay. I don't know. What, what is your impressions? Okay, so my first impression so so with me I think sometimes first impressions are everything and you know I uh well you know I you know what this was my impression and I was about to say you know I'm putting this on a podcast so maybe I shouldn't <laughs> but but it was my first impression and it was something that happened so I'm so I'm going to say it and and if that's not the uh if that's not the way the story is now please invite me back I'll be glad to come back and next time, you know, I'm in Hattiesburg for an event or something, um, we'll be glad to come back and, you know, give a second chance. But when when I walked into uh, comics and stuff, I always felt a welcomed presence. And I'm not saying that you didn't feel welcomed, uh, you know, at this other place. But, um, but I remember having a conversation. This was right when the new 52 was about to start and something about the new 50 and this was like right when the big 50 new 52 announcement uh had happened and i made a comment of something about dc comics that i knew without a doubt in my mind was true and i don't remember what that comment was but i knew it to be true and it and it was something that was indeed true and i don't remember what what the response was but the guy told me oh no you're wrong that's totally wrong that's you know totally you know not blah 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 well that was my experience and i took that away as you were more you know this was more about being an artsy type place than having somebody in there that really knew comics or really knew what they were talking about so i never went back i mean i i didn't go in there to you know like not be going to uh you know the other place but that was my experience what was you know what was your experience did you feel like the person knew what they were i don't mean to put you on the spot but what was your no 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 i mean i i i I think one of the questions because i excuse me i think one of the questions i asked the guy when i went in there because i was 
just trying to really get into comics, I guess, hardcore. And I asked him, like, where should I start? And I've asked you the same question. And he seemed pretty knowledgeable. He gave me a few suggestions. So, I mean, I felt like for what I asked him, I I thought it was fine. You know, I'm not as hardcore as you or nearly (laughs) on any spectrum of hardcore that you are. So I didn't have that knowledge to ask this intricate question or given an intricate opinion about something at that point. So I didn't challenge him the same way you did. So and maybe it's the fact that he was the owner. He maybe felt like he had to be the all knowing um, God or whatever on the subject. Right. But, but see, here's my thing. If you don't know you're right, don't, you know, even if he, and maybe this would be the wrong thing to do and, you know, basically be lying to a customer. But if you didn't think I was right, just, you know, brush it off and say, well, you know what, you might be right. And, you know, but let's, you know, let's, uh, you know, blah, blah. But let me show you this book and change the subject. Don't tell me, no, you are wrong. Yeah, yeah, true. But Wait, uh, let, let's Google it. <laughs> yeah, let's Google it. Because, um, but anyway, um, so so if things you know, like I said, if anybody is listening and knows the the guy that's uh, over that, I don't mean that negative toward the shop. I'm just saying that was my experience. But 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 back to what we had originally said, or, or what you said, up here where we live, we've got, to my knowledge, three comic shops. One that is into hosting gaming events that I think helps bring in revenue. There is another one uh, in downtown Jackson that also does a variety of other things other than sell comics. And then there's one that's pretty much a back issue and maybe some action figures and comics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that uh, the one down, I guess Midtown Offbeat, they they do a variety of things at their shop. So, So out of all of them, local to us i think they're probably the ones that are kind of uh, the most um expansive as far as the content that they have because it's, it's just not comics they do like they need to do like a company night they do a bunch of stuff at their shop so it's <laughs> theirs is a little out there compared to the other ones it's, it's a little offbeat yeah off yeah offbeat even <laughs> <laughs> so so let me you know you know as we start to wrap let me ask you this so so we looked at astonishing x-men number one and we looked at it specifically to just kind of get a feel of it from the paper version and a feel of it from the digital version after having both of them in your hand whether it was the paper or whether it was the uh digital did any did either of them feel any different to you other than the medium? I would say, uh, well, what I think is unique about this one, and I haven't noticed this a lot, but it had several, I mean, several pages that were two pages, like full bleed for like the first, what, five or six pages right. went across both pages, which was kind of unique to me. So as I re- read through those, I was like, man, how is it going to translate the digital at all? Because it's, um, it's very different layout type, I would think. Okay, but yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought um, I thought I liked the 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 having it in my hand this time, <laughs> which is I'm, I guess I'm totally reversing my opinion. But for this particular one, it felt it felt like it was needed to actually have it in my hand. What about yourself? All right, so here here's what I found interesting. I of course read uh, the book itself Wednesday whenever I bought it Wednesday night. So. You know, it had had X number of days, no pun intended, to, uh, you know, kind of just sit in the back of my mind. So as I'm looking at it in the digital version today, I'm looking at it and saying, and I did the version. Let me let me also say that I did the version that is the uh, panel by panel, um, you know, view. And in doing that, I found myself in those spreads that you're referring to paying more attention to some of the background oh. pictures than I did when just reading it in general, like the uh, pictures of the different psychics laying on the ground. Uh, yeah. Those scenes, I kind of just saw them, but didn't pay any attention to like each individual one. And I, the app in that uh, format that I was using for the panel to panel um, you know, it forced me to pay attention to that. 
So maybe that helps you uh, focus focus <laughs> on things that you might not have picked up on, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree because definitely when you're just looking at the full bleed or uh, full pages together, it's it's a lot to kind of overview at once. You know, I mean, of course you're going to follow the natural trajectory of how you look at the page, but but I can definitely see like just skimming over a part and not giving it full attention. Uh, as you would if it like popped the full image out stand alone to the screen you're watching. So yeah, I mean definitely can see that being a plus. So uh again, spoiler warnings for uh, Astonishing X-Men number 1. So we see at the very end, you know, Betsy Braddock uh she is attacked and she brings together this various team of X-Men, uh, we'll use the word team loosely, but she, when she's attacked, she sends out a distress signal. These, uh, you know, people respond and they are come face to face. I think to some degree they're sent to the astral plane and it's the shadow King that's behind everything. But the shadow King has a vault and inside the vault is none other than <laughs> Dr. Xavier. Exactly. So we see the professor sitting there and you know he's in chains. So um there you go. So does that mean that they're about to bring the professor back? Who knows? And some of us didn't even know the professor was gone. <laughs> oh yeah, remember? Remember because uh what's his I'm face? sure we talked about it. Uh, sure Cyclops about it. killed him. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Wow, I got a bad memory. Avengers uh, versus X-Men. He, uh, it was, that was what kind of sent Scott in the militaristic uh, thing mm. that led to his spoiler alert uh, death. So, um, so what was it? So which one did you read first? Did you read the digital or did you read the... Um, I read the physical version. Okay, first. so you already knew what the what the ending was. So that was your. Um, I, I I didn't feel any differently. I guess I may have if I would have watched or read the digital version first. I mean, you know, it was still presented. It still looked fine. I, I guess the end is it's user preference. When you all all boil boil it down, it's to whatever the user has a preference for. Well, I'll give you one more I want to ask you. Okay. Uh, 20 years from now, will okay. we still be having physical comics? Good question. Will they question. still be a thing? <laughs> Let's answer that on episode number 1052 <laughs> um, of discussing uh, who uh, in whatever format that it might be 50 years from now. Well, 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 well we probably wouldn't even be – we probably – wouldn't even be here 50 years from now. Well, let's look at the trends, though. Let's look at the trends. We don't, for all intents and purposes, we don't have CDs anymore. You have, you have the kind of record industry making a um, resurgence with uh, physical records. So that's kind of still a thing. But really and truly, uh, all music is digital. DVDs and movies. Uh, DVDs have all but gone gone the way of the dodo. You still have those bargain bins at Walmart, but they still sell. They do still sell them at Walmart. I don't know who's buying them, but they, they do still, still sell them. They still sell them. But I can see in the next ten years as not having any any physical DVDs or or, um, or uh, Blu-rays, whatever they're called, 4K stuff, UHD. So I mean, I think you know. I think it's eventually getting there, but for books, for for things like books, I think it's going to be a lot slower because, you know, I mean, Kindle has been around for a long time now, but we still have books. You still can go into Barnes & Noble or whatever. So, uh, I mean, for books, because they've been around, their lifespan has been so much longer than music or uh, or CDs or, or, or DVDs, their lifespan has been so much longer. I mean, you know, centuries, whatever, long, even longer, depending on what medium you want to go back to or what they're written on, actually. <laughs> but but I, th- I think it's going to be a long time before um, books in general goes away. Comic books, I can probably see them going away in the next 30 years. But but those things tend to stick around a lot longer. So You know what I think will be um, the ultimate mover of uh, whether or not 
comic books goes away. When it becomes not profitable for the comic book companies, not the comic book stores, but the comic book companies to no longer produce paper comics, then comics will go away. And I dare say we're probably almost there. Okay. I would say that we are further away. I'm going to disagree and say we're further away because there are there is still something to be said for someone who can walk into Barnes and Nobles, can walk in walk into Books a Million and randomly pick up a comic book off of the newsstand and have never read comics before. They reached a comic book uh subscriber that would not have been possible digital only. Yeah. The profitability, I, I was making that point particularly on the profitability portion of it. Yeah. I, I think we're probably closer to it not being profitable than not. Ah, so. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. All right. So considering at 7.47 p.m. on a Sunday, there are uh, thrones and games that need to be played in less than 15 minutes. So Clarence, uh, I will say this. I am nowhere uh, uh, closer to making my decision of which route I need to go. We did have a very good conversation, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm still debating on what I want to do. But uh, a good conversation about the comics uh, medium in general. Um, Just one more quick before we get out of here. Is there a way to get day and day digital? Is there a way to do that? To get what now? The day and day release of the digital version. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you buy the digital version, if you subscribe to the digital versions, absolutely. You can go to Comixology and get uh, the same day digital, you know, when they come out. But um, you're paying the four ninety nine, the three ninety nine versus the cheaper rate. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You know, so that's you know, and again, if you if you factor in time and you factor in gas, that may not be a discount if you look at it from that perspective. Yeah. You cool know. Beans, man. All right, so how else can people get in touch with you if they want to find out other things that you do? Yeah, uh, if you're uh into tech, uh in the anime, you should check out my other podcast that's at techpedition.com, t c h p e d i t i o n.com where we talk about a, a host of technology-based things. So, you should definitely check us out there. Right, what good, about you, Cal? Good deal. You can find Clarence and I on YouTube at and uh, you, well, easy way to get there is to go to youtube.discussingwho.com, and we've got all type of trailer reactions or reviews, and got more content coming. And subscribe, subscribe, and subscribe also to this podcast on uh, Apple Podcast and. Be sure, if you could, to leave us some stars or leave us a review. That will, of course, help others discover us. So please do so. And I also want to give a shout-out before we get uh, on our way to um, Blue Box Bill, who gave us some feedback on a video feedback, and it is posted on our Facebook page. So go to facebook.com backslash discussing who. And last but not least, uh, check out Lee Shackelford's uh, Relativity podcast. They are in season two, and I think episode 13 just came out this weekend. Yeah, you might even hear these two uh, guys on there. Absolutely. I had, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I was gone yesterday, and I haven't had a chance today to listen to it. But I think after Game of Thrones, you know, we'll, we'll let Game of Thrones be the prelude. And then I'll listen to Relativity as the main event uh, (laughs) tonight. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. And on behalf of Clarence and myself, as well as Lee, we will see you next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all 
all from that vast library, but we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.